Please be advised, the following program contains some adult themes and content. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Karim Benzema. Karim Benzema. Yes, Karim Benzema, everybody! It is December the 7th, and that means Karim Benzema, Rob. I knew it was going to happen this week. I I was almost waiting for it last week. I thought you might go one early. It was the 31st last week. 31st, because it was a bit bit cheeky, isn't it? Had to wait for December. But you do wait for it, don't you? You you can't wait to play I love Karim Benzema. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is the gift that keeps on giving Kareem Benzema. Simply replace what Police, is it? Police Navi Navi Dad. Dad yeah. with a football player's name that rhymes perfectly. Is he still playing Kareem Benzema? Mate, I have got Kareem Benzema news. Oh, wow. I think he's still playing with Real Madrid in yeah. uh, France, but there is They're hot quite good. Kareem Benzema news. Real Madrid, France. No, France it, and Real Madrid. Real Madrid and France, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, unbelievable Kareem yeah. Benzema news. What's that? What's that? What's he done? Do you want it straight off the no, bat? No, we can come back to it if you want. Well, Kareem Benzema found guilty of blackmail in sex tape trial. Oh, no. That's a little taster for you. So, he's in the tape? Or no, he's not in the tape. He's allegedly someone he's trying to get at. Yeah, uh, he was in a uh, a crime uh, circle. Crime, crime circle with Why? mafia okay. people. Yep, that he set up his uh, French teammate. They got him a little bit of a call girl. Yeah, and uh, filmed it, and then they tried to blackmail him into paying the crime circle off. Oh, Kareem Benzema! Yeah, I'm not he... going to be able to sing that with the same jolliness anymore. Why does someone with so much money? Exactly. Yeah, I don't understand. It's like gambling on horses when you've got millions of dollars. Yeah. Well, this is the thing, Rob. Yeah. Don't know what kind of what dodgy dealings he's done. He's not getting any royalties off the Kareem Benzema song. Kareem Benzema. Kareem Bendera. He's a, he's dodgy. Yeah. Fender so, Bender. So he's just been to court this week. Uh, he's been given a one-year suspended sentence after being found guilty of blackmailing his former French teammate Mathieu Valbuena. Uh, got fined seventy-five thousand euros for his role in the scheme. It was a friendly against Armenia five years ago. Yeah, well, he was still earning very friendly, big, big money yep. five years ago. Benzema's lawyer said they would appeal the decision because they are quite flabbergasted by this judgment. An appeal is necessary. He will be exonerated at the height of this appeal. Uh, the striker has denied any involvement in the incident. The blackmailers threatened to release a sex tape in which Valbuena appeared unless they were paid off, and Benzema encouraged his former teammate to pay the group. There you go. So, uh, yeah, he's a dodgy dealer. Why? Uh, he must have not liked this guy or something. I reckon the crime syndicate must have something on Benzema and they kind yeah, of got him okay. in to uh, yeah, yeah. play the game. So there's something on So there's still that part of the story to unfold, do you think, I Beef? reckon so. Although he's just been found guilty, they're going to appeal. So yeah. uh, they're, you know. You're almost an investigative journalist at this Al- stage, Almost. Beef. Yeah. Almost. I mean, you Google this. Google Green Benzema. That came yep. up. That's the end of investigation. Well, I brought it to the people. You brought it to the people who are on the front foot. 
bringing yeah. things forward. We're not going backwards. We don't want to go backwards, Beef. We want to go forward, all right? So keep doing what you're doing. Can I go backwards four days, though, Rob? Yeah, we can do that. The kiss of death, Rob, has finally been broken. Oh, I was, oh finally. It's great. It's great. It is great. I, I thought it would have been quite phenomenal if we'd been oh, able to keep it up. It would have been. They only won 1-0 as well. Yeah. When, um, when was the goal? Uh, just uh, 35 minutes, first half. So yeah. they defended. So unfortunately, uh, Stockport County didn't get the job done okay. to keep our record going. Right, but right. congratulations to Rotherham in the, uh, in the pot for the third round. In fact... The draw was done last night, and Rotherham have now been drawn away to Queen's Park Rangers okay. in the third round. So uh, that'll be interesting. Are they any good? Um, they're a bit up and down. Yeah, They've been in the Premier League, but whereas Rotherham haven't, they've been Championship League 1 up and mm. down, whereas Queen's Park Rangers are kind of being Premier League Championships. Right. So right, right. they are effectively a di- division above. Okay. Uh, I don't know how Q- QPR are going in the league this year, but um, yeah, interesting draw for Rotherham. So we will uh, we'll talk to somebody at Rotherham. Yeah. One day. I reckon that is the weekend of the eighth of January. So whether they play the Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, or the Monday, I don't know. So we'll uh, are we back? Yeah, we must be back on about the third or fourth of January. Yeah. So we'll well, as get long as they know we're not the, the kiss of death as such now anymore. No, well, with a, with, a, with a, Breath of life. With a good luck charms. The breath of life's better. I like that. Yeah. Kiss of death, breath of life. Yeah. I'm writing that down. Right, right write it I'm... down. Write breath that down. Breath of yeah. life. Yeah, that's what we are now. Yeah. Good. That's Progress. It. Hey, so I played golf today. Did you? Because uh, obviously I had the cheeky 78 last week. Very. So casual. I'm disappointed to have a 95 on Friday. 95? Oh, I, I was 42 on the front. The back nine went out of bounds three times. Three on the went, way went, went out of bounds three times. In the, went in the water a couple of times. Putting went mental. It was, it was just like I totally lost my, lost everything. Right. I blame it on lack of sleep. Okay, fair enough. But uh, I had 80 today. Good. So, so, so we're getting better. We're was, getting better. Yeah, and a... I sort of blew it today because I was, I was only seven over... With two holes to play. Okay. And I very nearly eagled this. Oh, at, at, at 100 metres out, I couldn't see it, but it bounced. It sounded like it sort of drop kicked the flag. Oh, right. Okay. And and I definitely did, did hit the flag because it was only, I had a tap and putt six inches. Right. Okay. Yeah, that for, for a birdie. And cool. I just I just need to go two pass to finish. Well, that has 77. Oh. But I went uh, double bogey bogey to finish. Disappointing. Right. So it's right there, Beef. It's yeah. not bad. And I really didn't even feel like I played that well. Okay. Is, um, is the lovely Tess getting you some new clubs for Christmas? No, no, I can't really. She she spent a fair bit of my fortieth, oh, right. so um, I'm probably if anyone needs this time to spend up, it's probably me. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, those clubs I wanted like two grand. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you want some more golf news? Local golf news. Local golf news. Yeah. Northcote Golf. Q Golf Club. Yep. Friends both score hole in one on the same hole. That's phenomenal. On one of their birthdays. Two Melbourne golfers have managed to both score a hole in one on the same hole while celebrating one of their birthdays. Michael Adams and Adam Faithful, not only Adam Faith, Adam Faithful, both landed an ace at the fourth hole at Kew on Friday. It mm. was uh, Adams' first ever hole in one and a welcome present on his 64th birthday. Right. It was amazing, mate, he said. Mm. Uh, Mr. Adams said he'd never ever come close to hitting a hole in one before. It all came together at the right time. Mr. Faithful said the spectacular moment was Unbelievable, mate. Leaving him speechless. It was one of the best moments of my life. Right. Although he does say the group were actually close to giving up for the day when they achieved the incredible feat. Funnily enough, it was a corporate day, so it was very busy and really slow. So we were just about over it. We said, look, after this all, we'll go up to the club, have a couple of beers. Then, of course, all this happened. We had to finish the round to actually make it official. 
Jesus. So they nearly that gave would be up. awesome for to get for two of you to get a hole in one at the There's same time. There's actually a bit of uh, video footage of their third person in the group walking to the hole because they thought it was close. Yeah. So that's pretty pretty cool uh, having that. But uh, amazing scenes. Yeah. Two old in ones on the same hole. <laughs> oh, I I have to tell you about this guy I played with at Gunawara on Friday. So yep. we we're going to play Trentham, but it didn't happen because it was comp day. So we end up Gunawara again. I play with a couple of guys that I met at Bolo Romsey. Yeah. <laughs> what Tom Gleeson? I'm making mates out. At the, from the bottle are. shop, no problem. So we all went for Golf Friday, and we got fed up with this random guy. And he turns up, and he's like, "Hey, go boys! I'm my, my name's my name's Mick. It's not my full name's Michael, but my mates call me Mick. Oh. But my really good mates they call me Dickhead. So you can call me Dickhead if you want. That's all right. I'm right. gonna. That's all right. We'll, we'll call you. Call you. <laughs> yeah. he's just call like, you Michael. Yeah. And it, it was about sixty odd. You know, we, it was. I sort of. <laughs> my mates call me Dickhead. <laughs> Dickhead. And he, Australia, of, we love you. By about the second hole, halfway down, I could tell he wasn't quite all there, kind of thing. And, and um, no. no, but then um, I don't know if he could because, like, I hit like quite a, a nice drive or something early on. He's just like, oh Jesus, Rob, mate, that's amazing. You hit the ball like the pros, mate. Oh, that's bloody. That's a beautiful shot. That's beautiful. Just unbelievable. Beautiful shot, mate. Just beautiful. Beautiful. It, it honestly would say it eight times. Yeah. And the point was starting to make me very annoyed. And even when I would actually hit a bad shot, he would say it was a beautiful... Uh, okay. And, and I was, it, was, it was driving me nuts. And then maybe he could sense my irritation. He sort of goes, So guys, the just thing is, uh, yeah, the thing is about me is that like I'm a bit uh, a bit wasted, you know, because like uh, t- back in 2004, I actually had the biggest stroke in uh, Australian medical history. The, and uh, wow. the, do- the doctors all said that uh, they can't believe that I'm alive, that I should have been dead five times. Time's over, but I'm still alive now. And um, uh, yes, yeah, so if, if I'm a bit mental out there, it's just because I'm a stroke, okay, boys. So don't worry about that. And then, <laughs> well, I'm glad that he's, explained a lot. I'm glad he's, he's playing Polish. golf. He's Polish. He's Polish. Yeah, I'm glad he's playing golf after having a stroke. That's pretty awesome. He's still getting out there twice a week, by the sounds. He played pretty much every course in, in Australia. Yeah, in Australia. Yeah. That's so cool. after five holes, because I was getting quite irritated yeah. with his constant praise yeah. and uh, constant talking, then I just sort of I t- took I had. To calm Zen. The farm. What yeah. were you saying last week? And I started week? playing well then too, actually. What were you saying last week about... Uh, uh, I can't remember either. <laughs> what was I saying? Yeah, you you, you made this comment about uh, people getting uh, frustrated or something. I don't know. I suppose said anything. Yeah. You... All sorts comes out. Well, I know that. Yeah. But um, I think it was talking about when I, my heart was beating too fast and I, I had to try and drive the green. No. And, nah? No. Nah. I said the two birdies off the first it two holes. It was about Sean Murphy losing to an amateur or something. When we were talking about snooker. Oh, right. You, you may, you, well, it was a certain you, you phrase. Should, you should be able to handle the pressure. Something no matter like what, no matter what. There, there you go. That was probably what it was. That's not really a phrase. No. If, you, if you're good enough, you should be able to just you block it out. Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. And that's what I had to do. I had to calm myself. And once I calmed myself, it was about from the fifth hole onwards, I went birdie, pa, pa, pa. And oh, that's, nice. that's when I had to run. Because I started poorly that round too, actually. Right. Bruce Lee. Zen master. Yeah. But then once I started hitting the ball on the, out of bounds three times in a row, no, it's right. not very good. Hey, talking about Sean Murphy, the snooker player. Yeah. You know, he lives, used to live in Rotherham, married a girl from Rotherham. Oh, I'll have him. We got Rotherham crazy. Who's Rotherham crazy? <laughs> Anyway, I was going to bring up. Although, Sean no, Murphy. we don't want him on. I, I don't. I really. No. I, I heard back. That well, he's not a good guy. Not a good guy. That uh, that was a ridiculously a moment of utter self indulgence. Is mm. what that was. That was a proper tantrum. Yeah, well, it definitely was. Mm. Apparently, he met his wife, first wife, I should say, in a Christian chat room. Really? Yeah. 
But how long ago was that then? 2003, four. See, that's like old school internet back then. That is that's like That's when they had school. those rooms, they have like fish swimming around and stuff, and you're, and you're the fish, because I remember, <laughs> I remember me and my mate Ben Barrett, when we were about, oh, 14 or something. Yeah. No, yeah, about, about when, when did the internet no, first were, come you in? you were 24. Uh, the internet first came in about mid-90s, because I was in America. Yeah, no, so we were about 15 or yeah, something okay. like that. And we were in one of these chat rooms. We were absolute idiots. And all these people were trying to have actual proper internet chats. And we were pretending to do that. And then we'd just say, like, flat-out abuse with lots of foul language and just be pissing ourselves laughing at at how hilarious our gang was kind of thing. (laughs) So he would have met someone in one of those types of... Well, a Christian one. Like I said, mid-2000s. But the Christians probably took on the internet probably a little bit later than the rest of us. Okay. Anyway, he was playing a tournament somewhere and got a call girl in to keep him busy. Yep. But he claims he he only wanted to chat with her. Well, so that's it's not uncommon, Beefy. Well, it's just they just want companionship. They probably do when you're lonely on snooker tour. Um, so anyway, so his wife divorced him. Now he lives in Ireland with another. Oh, he did uh, that while he was married. Yeah. Oh, I missed that part. Yeah, sorry. And then so he's moved to Ireland now and to be with another religious type, and right. he's had a few kids with them and everything else. So he's been anyway, extradited to Ireland. I think so. Probably yeah. chipped off. So to he's, Ireland. he's not the nicest of fellas, anyway. Right. <laughs> kicked out, kicked into Ireland. Well, yeah, that's where we get rid of, of him. Own accord, I think. Anyway, you always um, say that as if it's the convicts getting sent to Australia, sort of thing, right? <laughs> Almost. <laughs> By the way, we haven't introduced it. This is the Jack Link's Beef and Ham Jerky 365 Days of Sport Radio Show. Yeah, we got straight into it tonight. There's so much going. Look at much. Look at me! Stories I got wrong. Why? Yeah, see, why are you messaging me on the weekend? I need you to do this and that and whatever, and and well, that, like, I, and you got all this I information. Got you to do a sting. That oh, took I at least an film. hour, and the film took two hours. Oh, did it? Yeah. What film is it? Green Street Hooligans. Oh, did you watch it? Yeah. Is it any good? I've seen it before. I think I have as well. Well, I watched it again. All right. There's a bit of lame acting in it. At the, well, particularly don't, at the start. Don't, don't give it away. Yeah, we, we're yeah. not into uh, rock. Oh, sorry, film sorry, what sorry. Are you freaking going on about. Yeah, well. I'm complaining about you giving me work. Right, okay. Have you got any funny monkey stories this week? I I love monkey stories. I've got a rogue echidna story. A rogue echidna? Yeah. Okay, I've seen one of them before. Did you watch the Bathurst 1000, Rob? No. All day Sunday? I don't watch motor racing. You know I don't like motor racing. Bathurst, Rob. The nation stops for Bathurst. You should know this. You know, although I will say the other day, a quiz question popped up and was how many laps do they do in a speedway race? And which is something I never, ever would have known before. But now, because of 365, I know loud and clear that it's four laps. There you go. How about that? Anyway. This rogue echidna halted the Bathurst 1000 with a casual Sunday afternoon stroll yep. during Australia's most famous motor race. The spiny anteater wandered onto the famed Mount Panorama circuit, 105 laps into the supercar season finale. Several cars going at more than 250 kilometers an hour narrowly missed hitting the protected echidna. Mm. Remember, it's protected as it slowly made its way across the width of the track. The safety car was immediately deployed forcing all cars to slow down and bunch up for a couple of laps. Wildlife, usually road kangaroos, have often caused havoc at the regional New South Wales circuit, but it is understood to be the first time that an echidna mm. has interrupted the race. Right. I have seen the footage. Yeah. A couple of cars got very close. It's a it's a popular race, that Bathurst one beef. I'm going to go one day. Oh, Definitely yeah. going to go. So on Monday at the shop, this quite big portly bloke comes yeah. in. He comes in most days, and he's uh, and he's like, um, he's like, I've been busy, mate. I said, Oh, you're pretty pretty busy for a Monday, actually. I said, Yeah, but how's the shop going? It's going all right. Said, well, actually, we're quite busy during the week last week, but not quite so busy during the weekend. But then it picked up again on Sunday. He goes picked up on Sunday. Didn't see it. Goes Bathurst. 
Yeah. He knows. <laughs> he knows. He knows. He goes. Yeah, so that's why I'm here. All my mates come over and drunk on my beer. I've got to stock up again. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Run out of piss, mate. <laughs> Run out of piss. Couldn't yeah. leave. There was 20 laps to go. Oh, that's good, man. He's a happy lad. Um, I'll tell you what was this weekend. Yeah. Dubai Sevens. Was it? Yeah. What's the, is that was it December? That was December. It was first weekend of December. Oh, that's all out of whack. Okay. How's this? Spain mm. beat Fiji. What? Wow. Spain beat Fiji. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I'm not, I don't think Fiji are having the best time of sevens. This is even weirder. New Zealand mm. aren't even in it. They didn't go. Oh, they no. would have been locked up. Well, I think they've pulled out the whole thing because their women weren't in the women's one either. And the other thing I notice, no England, no Wales, no Scotland, Great yeah. Britain now. So it's all COVID freakouts. That's what it is. Or, or they're banned from it. Yeah. I, I'm, I wonder whether, because it's in the Olympics now, because Great Britain play as Great Britain. Yeah. I just wonder whether they've made a conscious decision to kind of spread the cost of sevens and devote those resources into the Olympic bid. So they're not going to play at all or selected tournaments as their own country. That's stupid. They've got to figure this thing. It's such a shambles, that whole UK mate, di- divided it's, thing. It's, like, on it's, it's, it's on its last legs, mate. I'm telling yeah, you now. Just the way do. it's going over there... <laughs> It will be England, Scotland, and Ireland, very, uh, Wales, very, very soon. I'm okay. talking two or three years because the way the English are carrying on, none of the Scots or Welsh, even Northern Ireland, talking about merging with Ireland now. They're talking about just walking away. It is not far away. Good luck, England. Oh, I'll tell right. you now. So, just in case you want to know, South Africa did beat Australia. Hey, in what the do you final. mean when the way they're carrying on? What's the oh. what's Boris Johnson, he is unbelievable. Just does not care. See, this is the thing that people don't realise, right? If the English Parliament, and I'm mm. going to call it the English Parliament, mm. decide that, all right, from now on, people in Wales, we're going to tax you 99% of your income. Mm-hmm. Nobody can do anything about it. Right. Because what the Welsh people are going to do? We haven't got enough MPs to, to not vote that down. Yeah. There's a human element that says, oh, you can't do that. That's a bit bloody, uh, yeah. you know. Well, can you do something that's not so insane? Like He's not going to do that. He's not going to do that, but... but, Because I can't can't play devil's advocate for something that's clearly mental. I'm not going to find a way to say that. No, what I'm saying is they could. They have enough of a majority in the parliament in England to to do that. To always do whatever they want. Exactly. So you think the actual structure is... It's it's systemic anti-Welshism. And anti-Scots. And anti-Scots. Yeah. It is. They could if they wanted to. That's what I'm saying, Rob. So how many... I don't know how it even is made up there. How many... Is it in counties or how does that work? It's an electoral seat. So what they call them in Australia, divisions, wards, I think. Right. I don't know the official... In New Zealand's an electorate. I think in Scotland it's about 58 MPs they have. Um, England is about... um, We will have to look that up because I'm making stuff up. I'm going to say... 380 okay i think and i'm yeah. thinking wales is 40 okay i think <laughs> you're gonna say four for a bit no 40 <laughs> yeah so in terms of that like i said there's no power yeah, that doesn't really work does it no what but what's the population of all those countries well england's about 60 million yep or scotland i think is five million and wales is three well that's proportionately about right then this is my point rob <laughs> this is my point <laughs> We can't do anything about it. <laughs> if they wanted but to do it, they could. That's I what I'm saying. I thought you're friends. No, we're not friends. <laughs> Tell you now, we're not friends. The anymore. Prince of Wales lives in Buckingham Palace. Beef. He's your friend. That's why he lives in Cornwall. 
Was he up there now? Is he down there? Down there. Sorry, well, he owns Cornwall, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, a bit yeah. of Kevin. Yeah. Uh, it's it's very confusing. The Eden it? Project, isn't that all him I, in the biodome? I don't know what he's doing. Anyway, is he doing climate change stuff? Is he? He's been doing climate change for ages. Actually, yeah. doesn't he? He's a big honey. He's not man. doing very well. Well, he's only one man. <laughs> he's only one man because he can't design. He should have learned to become an engineer and a designer. Then he well, could actually do something. When you're a royal, you don't really have to. Yeah, but the thing is, there's only so long you can be an ambassador. Why, why didn't you actually learn how to do it yourself? Then you yeah. could have actually done something. I think he's had a good go. That, that, that's why. That's why I have no time for these climate protesters. The ones that block the city. Actually, talking about climate change in Wales. What? How's this? Talking about Welsh government and their um, tr- tackling climate change. Yeah. Every Welsh citizen. Yeah. Is going to get a tree. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. We're getting a tree, Rob. Yeah. Just way better than nothing. What else? Is, I mean. What else would the government's going to give me? Your tree, I'll take it. And you can plant it anywhere you want? Yeah. You've got to plant I, well, it in your I backyard. Don't know if you, no, no. We don't have any grass at our house. Yeah, I think we'd struggle to plant a tree at our place as well. But there's a lot of green area in Wales. I don't know. Yeah. Three point... We've got lemon trees, but in a big bowl. <laughs> Not a bowl. In a, a, plant, <laughs> a, pot, a pot. A pot, yeah. yeah. So I don't know where th- we're going to plant 3.3 million trees. Uh, just one at a time, Beef. This is the other thing as well. If we plant these trees in Wales, is Wales just going to be green or is it going to have a flow-on effect for the rest of Great Britain and Europe? How localised are tree cl- um, clusters? How are they cleaning the environmental air on a what kind of area? Do you think I know that? No. Why, why, why would I know that? You're the botanist. I am. Um... I don't know, Beef. I'm I don't just, have I, I don't have solutions. I just know the people that don't have the solutions. Right. And uh, they're very loud and they're very annoying. See, and if they, we become very what? green, very clean, bloody English want to move in again. You reckon? I'm not happy with it, Rob. I'm not happy with it. And I don't even live there. <laughs> so much bitterness. Yeah, there is. There's lots. Um, I can just see it happening, Rob. <laughs> could just see it happening. Anyway, tell you. Two to three years. Would it, if you just over. had your own cricket team, would it all go away? It would help. <laughs> <laughs> it would definitely help. Yeah, don't forget, there's a there's a lot of uh, follow-up. We get in the Olympics as well. Mm. That'd be good. Because I find it a little bit annoying during the Olympics. To me, you're always separate, and then all of a sudden, you're, it's one big thing. Yeah. I used to say I was uh, British for about um, about nine, nine weeks every every four years. Okay. So you had the uh, five or six weeks of the British Lions, mm. and then two weeks of the Olympics. Is there any other instance or any other type of region, country sort of cluster in the world that runs in a similar way? Not really, is there? There's not. You have to remember the Brits did rule the world for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think. The West Indies possibly, but not really. Nah. Uh, I don't think there is any. I'd love to know, really. They're very rarely the West Indies, only in cricket, aren't they? I don't even know if they've had a, uh, like a... I mean, most of the world don't even really know them as the West Indies. Well, the US. Let's say, let's say the, the Bahamas or... Yeah, yeah. Caribbean. Yeah, the Caribbean, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, realistically, well, the US in the 1700s were a conglomeration of nations, weren't they? Mm. They were became the United States. Why did they get called the West Indies? It's a great question. Because you know how that when the Columbus came to the US and he thought they thought they were finding India. Did they? Yeah. Okay, no, I didn't know this. And Jimmy Louis C.K. does a bit about this, where he says, and they, they arrived, and, and, and they, they knew within, like, immediately that it wasn't India. And then just went, ah, oh, no, you're Indians. And just called, <laughs> just called them Indians anyway. <laughs> so I wonder if they're called the West Indies, but it's not west of there, though, is it? It's east. 
east southeast. No, it's west of Portugal, wherever Columbus. No. Oh, from. right. Yeah, in that regard. Yeah. But but it's not of the US. So I assume they found the west US right. first and found the wrong India. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I've never really thought about why it's called the Indies. Doesn't make. I don't know at all. Hmm. Just popped in there right then. Wonder if it's short. You for got a lot of work to do during the break. Wonder beef. if it's short for independent islands or something. Oh, maybe it is. Didn't think of it like that. I remember, well, the Dutch East Indies. Was the West Independent Islands. That would make, make more sense. Western Independent Islands. West Indies. Windies. Yeah. Let's check it out. Because um, we're, I'm getting all how, So how many things have you got to figure out now? Oh, this, what, in general? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too many. What up? Same old, same old. You? Fifty Shades of Greys. Nice. <laughs> hey, did you hear the news about Bridget? She's making her way around Australia. For reals? Yeah, she's everywhere. Barbecues, footy, even camping. Well, sounds like she's flat out. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to go to Australia. One day, bro. One day. Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Leagues. Beef up your snack life. Hey, I'm John T. Rhodes, and you are listening to 365 Days of Sport. So we played the first song that came to his head. It just so happened to be. It was the worst song in the world. It was the worst song in the world. Listen to the song and it's clear a bomb Because the words don't fit And the song is shit You're a talent You suck! Worst song in the world? I'm just going to get straight into it We haven't done a ski jumping song, I don't reckon I just heard John T. Rhodes there on, on before Was that a bit of cricket? Yeah, um, I was going we to bring up Ajaz Patel We will after this song Anyway, like I said, I don't think we've had a ski jumping song since we've been doing this show. Two hundred and twenty-seven ski jumping. Ski jumping. Nah, we had uh, that other biathlon. biathlon. We did some other bits and pieces. We so we've done bobsled a couple of times. This is the Austrian ski jumping team. Oh.
that's enough. Piss off. <laughs> Get her off. Who's in charge of that team? Who's making the decision for, to do that? Uh, uh, that's a great question. Is it the athletes singing, doing the lyrics? That, that, with, help the skiers? From, with help from Leo Abera. No, obviously most of that's not even in English. You don't, it doesn't need to be, because we well, can tell I was it's thinking, a, it, I was rubbish. thinking the other way. Why is it in English? It's the Austrian ski jumping team. It wasn't all in English. No, it was kind of pa- half pa- and half. Half and half. Yeah. Well, they all speak English. Well, so there's certain phrases which they probably just know. Yes. Yeah. They do pretty much all speak English. They pretty much do. When yeah. you're an international athlete, you generally do. No, yeah. but just be in Europe, generally they do. Well. Large, apart from Spain. And Belgium, Rob. And Belgium. <laughs> yeah, Belgium was tough, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Um, It's a piece of rubbish, isn't it? It's terrible. Why did they do that? Who Are they trying to rev the people up? I think so. Are they trying to create some excitement around the team? Around the ski Because that's team. a failure. Although, it had to be said, that part of the world can be notorious for incredibly bad taste. Europop. Just simply look at David Hasselhoff. Look how big he is in Germany. Yep, massive. H- how did that happen? No one understands it. it no. It's comically bad, but he was there when the wall came down. He was. You know, He got flown in specifically. It seems so contradictory that yeah. Michael Knight could be there to sing. And, and the Austrians aren't far off, are they? Clearly. That's a balls up. That's shameful. Focus on skiing. Just concentrate <laughs> on that. Try and get a medal. Don't worry about all that other rubbish. They were inspired, it's, it's, if, if anything, it'll make you do worse. Because that can only result in a severe public backlash and shaming on yourselves and your families. Uh, it's what well, is a disgraceful song and a disgraceful performance. It's called Jump Down Deep, sh- bro. Sh- should have just let that go through, through the keeper who threw that idea at the skiers mm. there. Uh, maybe it's in their contract. I think it probably is. Um, I'll give you a bit of background on Leo Abra, either known as Leo or Leone or Lee One, Austrian pop singer. He's done a song with Shaggy Rob. Okay. Football is my life. Should it, we'll do that next week. No. Yeah. Maybe not, Pete. Maybe not. <laughs> anyway, when I saw that today and heard them doing the lyrics, um, wait for a sign. No, I mean, it just it sounds like something from Eurovision. It is. It, it was from Eurovision. Well, no, 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 not Eurovision. It sounds like something from Europe type of deal, Euro pop. Yeah, Eurovision. It's not, no, it's not good enough for Eurovision. Oh, what? That's exactly what Eurovision sounds like. <laughs> and the Austrian entry this year is Jump Down Deep. And do they do choreographed skiing, like faux skiing routines? No, they actually filmed them in full uniform with skis singing along at the top of the hill. Really? Yeah. Who what? comes up with these Wait ideas? Wait for a sign. The, the poor right on time, free your mind. The poor athletes they getting love it. made they to love do it. that stuff. They think, oh, I wanted to just jump off mountains, but now I've got to sing weird songs and bring the focus of the Austrian public to ski jumping. Fail. Anyway, I thought you liked that one. It's right up your street. There. Yeah, good work, Beef. Mm. Just good research again. Anyway, so we were we briefly talked about New Zealand's yeah. uh, effort in India. I just actually just before we left was watching a, a little bit of the Big Bash. Oh, yeah. and they were um, marveling over a, a lad in the crowd who was building a, a giant hat of KFC buckets. And he had a, a good couple of hundred KFC buckets on his head. A couple of hundred? Yeah, it was That's getting pretty hot. They were having to try and figure out how to keep going up. Because right. it was obviously the balance was getting a, becoming an issue as well in terms of it was normally to tilt. security are all over but, that. Nah, as well. they, they were kept checking in on it like as part of the entertainment. Right, a bit of banter there. Hey, Rich Richo's doing the cricket commentary. Well, I want to go Richo from Trackside. I want to go one step back. Yeah. I flicked on the Big Bash on Sunday night. Yeah, 
Beefy Botham's commentating. Was he? Yes. <laughs> you were as shocked as me. I, I double took. I went, How can it what? go from Richo from tr- Racing.com to Ian Botham? Well, what a contrast. I think Richo has uh, got a Channel 7 contract because of the racing, and he's on a minimum hours deal. Where he does some footy too. Yeah, he does. I think he's a bit of an all sorts type. Yeah. Where they just chuck him just in. Just chuck him in. He yeah. can fill space yeah, with some crap. Space, yeah. You're a bit like that, aren't you? Oh, well, I try to be. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I couldn't believe my ears. Ricky Ponting and Ian Botham. At the big What the big a bash. waste of talent. Yeah. Why are they not in the test? They do, they do the test, don't they? Well, I'm pretty sure that's why they're here. Yeah, okay. I have to say, I flick on the big bash, I'm just, I'm totally flat watching it. Really? There's, there's no, very little interest. There's well, a couple of big tonks. That was, was there? I yeah. think um, I think when it kicked off the season with Sydney, one of the Sydney teams getting 219 and bowling the Stars out for 61, right, is that, yeah. uh, I think that's the sign of things to come wrong. Because <laughs> it's going to be overshadowed by the Ashes. Obviously, the Ashes mm. kicks off in exactly 12 hours, by the way. Oh, and no. do they have crowds everywhere at this cricket? Or are like, people allowed to go to the cricket? I think so. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I went to the football on Sunday and there was no restrictions, so well, yeah, yeah, no, not even massed around the stadium like it used to be. Yeah, good. But anyway, yeah, the test in India was just pretty painful. It's it's not nice watching a, a, a test match when you're not in it at any point. Well, I think I think we actually said on last week's show, you watch. It will be an absolute dust bowl considering New Zealand drew. Yeah. And guess what it was? It was turning absolutely square. It was, but their spinners did very well and their batsmen did quite well and our batsmen did very poorly and our bowlers apart from one, obviously. Well, to be honest, I know he took all 10 wickets, which is an absolute phenomenal effort. He did take 10 for, what is it? 119. 119. Out of the 320. But he bowled 50 overs, 47 overs. Yeah. But just the fact that none of our seniors, neither of our seniors got even one wicket in the whole game. No, really. So even the second innings, it was... Um, and we, we played Will Somerville again. I don't. He won't be playing again. Okay. Is he not good? He took one wicket in two games. What happened to the other lad? It's Ravindra. So he got three wickets in the last innings. Right. So they actually picked three spinners. Well, remember, he's actually an opener. Ah, uh, okay. Right. So it's his first test. So that they put him in at seven, but he's going to be a batsman. Okay. Yeah, right. that, that can bowl. And they rated Somerville higher than who's the guy with no who's left arm or no front arm? Santner. Santner. That's that, that, that's the obviously they decide this is their plan. They're going to you got to do it. It's two tests worth. You do it. But if they could do it again, they would play Wagner in the first test and not play Somerville. Yeah. And I mean, is it, is he obviously retrospects very easy? Oh, of course. But Santner at least could have probably plugged up one end. Yeah, yeah, he wouldn't yeah. have got tonked. Somerville was bowling at least one boundary ball every over. Uh, okay. And so he he was going for almost five and over. I flicked it on for a bit when New Zealand were about 40 for five. And as soon as I saw... In the first innings. In the first innings. Yeah. When Ashwin bowled one, and it was like two and a half foot outside off stump, and it hit like on the outside of the batsman's left leg. And I thought, and a puff of dust as well. I'm thinking, oh my word. Forget about it. Because that's not test cricket. It really isn't. Yeah. That's too far gone. I yeah. Know, I know they've made pitches for their spinners and Ashwin in particular. I mean, I said to you before... But um, still, we just we still couldn't bowl them out in the second yeah. innings. 260-odd for seven they were or something. Yeah. Well, they're used to it though, aren't they? They're used to yeah. playing on those wickets. That's the, that's the difference. I got annoyed. Um, I think it was in the in the first test. There was a comment from one of the Indian commentators saying, oh, New Zealand has no one to... New Zealand has no one else to blame for themselves for getting this situation. If they're gone for the runs, they could have put pressure back on the Indian bowlers. I'm just like, well... 
How? How, how are they going to even get to 290? Like, well, I mean, that, the, the thing was because we were 120 of for none, I think, or something. Yes. So yeah, we had a very good start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then uh, it just sort of got difficult. No, it's, uh, and look how quickly it can tumble. Yeah. You know? So congratulations, Ajaz Patel, because only the third time in the whole te- history. In of the test whole test. So I th- what test is? It's like two thousand two hundred. I think this is about right. na- around now. So that's how rare it they've is. Probably had four thousand innings. Yeah. Give or take a hundred, either the, either mm. way. It'd be interesting to know how many innings there have been mm-hmm. in test cricket. Mm-hmm. So only the third time ever. That it was fun to watch because I just didn't think it was going to happen. I saw some And then videos. all of a sudden, it was actually wasn't until we got to nine that I thought, yeah. okay, now we're on. <laughs> I saw some videos of some Kiwi fans watching yeah. uh, from their homes. It's, it's yeah. brilliant, There's some yeah. of the reactions. Yeah. I, I mean, I talked about I played cricket on Sunday, and we talked about this after, because you did it on Saturday. I've, I've told you about the time when I got the first eight. I think you might have mentioned that, yeah. yeah. So I got the first eight wickets in a, in a game on, on the Sunday. So we had joke-ish bowlers mm. down on the other end. And number 10 batsman's in, eight wickets down. Mm. So this guy lobs up. He's bowling, supposed to be bowling little offies. And the guy smacks it back at him. It didn't get more than a foot off the ground. Mm. And this guy's died full length and plucked it an inch off the ground one-handed. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole ground. And there's, there's a lot of people watching this game. <laughs> The whole ground's just gone silent and gone, oh. <laughs> and you just heard one bloke just, going, what the F are you doing? <laughs> he goes, oh. So, yeah, I took the first eight It's a great catch, though. It was an awesome catch, but he shouldn't have been. But you can't do But, but that's, that's why, at any level, it's it's the near impossible statistic. Exactly right. Because it's just the, the odds of some just someone not getting some rubbish wicket somehow yeah. are highly unlikely. Yeah, That's right. Well, look at the other instance in New Zealand. Richard Hadley got the first nine mm. and then caught then the caught, tenth. Caught, did he actually catch the tenth? I'm did pretty he? sure he caught the tenth. Uh, I, 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 know, I know he caught the other wicket. I couldn't remember yeah. if it was the tenth wicket, though. Oh, we might have to, might have to confirm, but I'm pretty sure it was the tenth yeah, wicket. Okay, I have a feeling it was a bit higher up the order. Oh, well, anyway, it doesn't matter. But, yeah, I did get nine that day. Mm. But, yeah, I was... <laughs> That's a long time ago, and I still, still, because I, I should have got, all, I really should have got all ten. So that's one of the little fragments of the chip. The oh, chip. That's a big fragment. <laughs> I tell you, that it's a big fragment of the chip. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, eight. And I think how's this? I think seven were bowled or something ridiculous. That's fun. I love bowling. For yeah. Do you want the other, uh, the other cherry on top of that weekend? Oh, sure. you made a hundred, did you? Day before, yeah. <laughs> Not only that, off thirty-one balls. <laughs> And nine wickets the second day. Oh, oh what please. a weekend, Rob. What a weekend. Yep. Um, How long did you celebrate for? Probably play next day, <laughs> to be completely honest. Uh, Canadian football news. Uh, Canadian like NFL. Wild scenes as Toronto Argonauts players jump into the stands to fight fans who allegedly spit beer on them after their Canadian Football League playoff game. They got a fight because they spat beer on them. Yeah, so the, the players oh, the climbed players. up into the stands oh, to I missed, fight. I'm just not paying attention. Wild properly. scenes as Toronto Argonauts players jump into the stands to fight fans who allegedly, allegedly spit beer on them after their CFL playoff yeah. game. No, I like it. Yeah, Things got a bit wild after the Argo CFL playoff game against the Hamilton Tiger Cats on Sunday. After Toronto's 27-19 loss, several Argos players were seen jumping into the stands and getting into physical confrontations with Tiger Cats fans who allegedly spit beer on them. Both the Toronto police and the Argos released brief statements to say that they are looking into the matter. So, just looking into it. Just looking into it. I, I, I like that response. You yeah. can't spit on someone nah. and, think the, and get, just think they have to take that. 
They should get punched for that. Well, in fact, they should. Yeah, they should. No, no, no beefy. It should. It, it, it's, right. it's fair. If you spit on someone, that this should almost be a law. If you spit on someone, yep. then you're allowed to punch them in the face. Yep. No, that's all. And make it that specific. Definitely. Um, do you want some chess news? Yep. Magnus Carlsen. Remember him? Yep. He's the best. Magnus Carlsen. I thought Magnus Carlsen was the world's strongest man, one of those guys. Uh, could have been. I, I reckon Magnus Carlsen is probably a popular name. It was name definitely a Magnus. Oh, yeah. Um, he was the Viking, though. That was uh, Magnus Sigmundsson. Okay. Select World Sports Special. I'm good, man. Yeah. Uh, Magnus Carlsen's unmatched persistence came to the fore as he reinforced his reputation and ability to squeeze water from a stone. Grotesque stuff, man. Displaying awe-inspiring tenacity, the champion nailed Ian Nepomitachi in the longest game in World Chess Championship history in Dubai on Saturday in an epic lasting 136 moves spread mm. over seven hours, 45 minutes. It's a long game. Carlson managed to break Nepo's resistance and gained a three and a half to two and a half lead after six games. In the World Championship final, it is the best of 14, so you've got to get the seven and a half points. The previous record was 124 moves in the 1978 World Title Clash. Do you know who was that between, Rob? Because uh, this is question four on the quiz tonight. Uh, it was between David Strasbourg and uh, Enrique Jalison. Uh, Victor Korshnai and Anatoly Karpov. So you weren't too far I'm away. I'm not too far off. So uh, we're, we're all over it for your chess news, people. Good. The Shah, the Shah has... What is it? Fallen. The Shah has fallen? I think so. No, the Shah is tired. Or <laughs> Shah is tired. <laughs> I think it's not the Shah's fallen. Or the Shah's defenceless now. Something like that. Clearly not in the quiz this week then. Hey bro, if we were on a desert island and there wasn't any grass. No grass? Would you eat me to survive? Oh bro, who'd eat a cow? Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Leagues, beef up your snack life. Hi, I'm Ronnie O'Sullivan and this is 365 Days of Sport. A uh, new segment, Rob. Gags with David Boone. Yep. I got this book a few years ago. David Boone's big book of great sporting jokes. Okay. Right? And I thought, let's bring it to the show. Yeah. Bring it to the masses. And, and the first question I'll ask, Beef, yeah. is, is the word great as an adjective apt? Uh, great pile of rubbish? Yes. Right. Uh, that, so they've missed, got it titled. So the second half needs to be changed. Allegedly, David Boone wrote this book. Allegedly. Yeah, there's no there's no sort of asterisk next to it? Um, no. In David Boone's... It's very long. How many pages is that? Well, I'm going to tell you in a sec. And in David Boone's big book of great sporting jokes, he provides a bumper collection of cracks, true stories and one-liners, not just from cricket, but across all sports. This is a book you'll want to share with your friends. No, you'll want to give it to your friends so you never see it again, not by handing them a copy, but by retelling some of Booney's favourites at the ground, propping up the bar, or around the barbie. Mm-hmm. Anyway. How long have you had this one in your uh, company? There? Um, a few years. Yeah. It's quite... I've, is this the first time you've really actually decided to read it? Or I, did you just you know did what? You have I a glance saw, when I you... I saw it at the, on the bookshelf the other yeah. day and I thought, oh, I'll have a look at this. Yeah. I read a few and then I quickly realised why I'd not really read it before. Yeah. So, Rob, I'm going to give you a chance... Pick a number between 15 and 372. That's how many pages in this book. 372. Um, 131. All righty. 131. Ready? 
False alarm, it's called, Rob. Yeah. The motor racing ace had a problem that when he became simply Joe Citizen and was driving on public roads, he really struggled to stay below the speed limit. And so it was that he was pulled over by a policeman for speeding. May I see your driver's license, said the constable. I don't have one, said the racer. They took it off me after my fifth drink driving charge. I see. May I see your rego papers, please? But this isn't my car. I stole it. You stole it? That's right. Though come to think of it, I think I saw the rego papers in the glove box and I put my gun in there. There's a gun in the glove box? Yes, sir. I had to put it somewhere after I shot the woman who owns this car and put her body in the boot. There's a woman's body in the boot? I'm afraid there is. The policeman wasn't quite sure what to do, but eventually decided to handcuff the driver, put him in the back seat of the police car and call for backup. His sergeant said he'd be on the scene as soon as possible. When the sergeant arrived, he told the constable to uncuff the prisoner so he could ask a few questions. Sir, he began, may I see your license? Here it is, said the driver. Whose car is this? It's mine, sir. Here are the radio papers. Could you please open the glove box slowly so I can see if there's a gun in there? A gun? There's no gun in there, as you can see. And can you open the boot of your car? Certainly. There was nothing there except for one small bag and the spare tyre. I don't understand it, said the sergeant. My constable was rabbiting on about a stolen car, a gun in the glove box and a lady's body in the boot. To which the car racer responded, he probably told you I was speeding too. Ah, I see. It's a long uh, long wave. It's it's not really a punchline that really kills it. No. Uh, it, it, it's probably a bit more to it than I suspected it was going to be. That is probably the it's funniest probably one. It's probably one of the funniest ones You've so far. You've picked out the funniest one, Rob. Well, there we go. I'm going to have to mark that in the book so we don't do it don't again. Don't do it again. Well, I mean, I can't imagine anyone's going to be uh, cackling. Uh, I, I mean, it's still crickets for me. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing with that. Um, so, every week, people, we're going to bring you one of the very funny jokes from David Boone's big book of great sporting jokes. And now that we've read this out on air, I can claim it on my tax. Because it's tax deductible. I'm lying. I got it for free. Oh. I didn't buy it. Goes out. What are you saying? That okay. One. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing more from David Boone. Now we've got a we've got a sting and everything, Rob, that you yeah. so kindly did. Part of the show from now on, as is this. Time for Rob's Film Review! <laughs> oh, we haven't been to the we movies for a while, it. We haven't have done we? it for ages. I um, can't even remember the last one we did. No, I think I was, I was just getting a bit bored of my own reviews was the problem, so now a bit of a break and we can come I back. Think, and, I think uh, most people were. <laughs> and, um, In all honesty, they weren't really reviews. They were kind of summaries. Well, that's what every single one is. Yeah. I've said that live on air. <laughs> my, my reviews are just saying, here's what happens in this movie. Yeah. This is going to be the same. Alrighty. So this is about Frodo Baggins, but he has decided he didn't want... This is called Green Street Hooligans. Yeah. I think in Britain and, it was called Green Street Elite. Yeah. or And I think other places well, it was called Green Street. The G, GSE, Green Street Elite. All right, okay. That'll be right. So... Um, Elijah Wood, the actor, decided he doesn't want to be Frodo anymore, and he needs to do something the opposite of Frodo. A, a troubled young man who's just got fired from Harvard. Or fired from Harvard? Said, expelled from oh, Harvard. Expelled. Because now, he took the rap. Can I quickly ask? Yeah. Well, I don't know what year Green Street... Who 2005. Was. Is that the same time as, um, what's the dude called? The actor? Elijah Wood. Was he still filming Lord Frodo? of the Rings and things yeah, like that? Yeah, so, so the first Lord of the Rings came out in 2001. Okay. So then it was every. So it was a, it was a bit of years. a departure from a, a hobbit into a. a yeah, hooligan. but I mean, he'd been acting since so he's like a child actor. He was, so he was, was in, he the, he was in the, the Good Son. No, he wasn't Spider Man. No. He looks similar to Spider Man, doesn't he? 
No, no nothing like him. Okay. To- Toby Maguire was Spider Man. Oh, yeah. What's this other guy called? Elijah Wood. Oh, yeah. But he was in uh, he was Frodo Baggins mostly. Right. But he was in The Good Son. He was actually in Back to the Future 2 as a young lad on the video game. Was he? Yeah. He's in that uh, the one here on the motorbike when the whole world's going to end day after. No, what's it called when the big tidal wave hits and Tia Leone gets smashed by the tidal wave and New York gets wasted. You know, Water World. No, not Water World. You always go to Water World. What? Why Water World? Well, you were talking about big tidal wave. There was one where the world's going to yeah, end. One. Deep yeah. Impact. Oh, is that what it's called? Yeah. Deep Impact. And man. he grabs that girl and he drives off on the, on the motorbike. Yeah, I remember it now. Yeah, yeah. Now, let's get back to where we're at. So this is about football hooliganism. Right. Now, Elijah Wood got fired from... Uh, not expelled. Fired, expelled from, from Harvard. Because yeah. he took the rap for his super wealthy roommate who'd been hiding his coke stash in the uh, wardrobe, oh. in his wardrobe. Wow. And this guy's from a super powerful family. He's just like, oh, man. And he's like, if he tried to say it wasn't me, they just would not have had a bar of it. Yep. Lawyers, etc. So he had to cop this thing. He goes to Britain, England, London to see his uh, sister. Sort of slightly estranged. He hasn't seen much of her. His sister's living there, and she's married with a little boy. Right. And she's like, "I'm going to stay with you." But very quickly, this changes when her husband's brother comes around, and he's a bit of a mongrel. And the, and the, and the husband who she's married, he sort of has made plans for them to go out for the night to see Chicago and have a romantic night. Because Elijah hasn't really told them he's even coming. He's just sort of turned up oh, after okay. getting expelled. Because what thing that the guy did is he paid him ten grand to, to oh, shut. To yeah, go yeah. Away, right, so he had a bit of bit of coin. That makes sense. So he just flies straight straight to there because he doesn't want to tell his dad he's been expelled. Anyway, the husband goes, oh, look, here's, here's, some, here's 100 quick. And the brother comes in. His his brother comes in and goes, go hang out with him for the night and I can have a night alone with your sister. And he's like, oh, you're perfect. No problem. It's no problem. And the, this guy doesn't really want to take this American guy out because he's, you know, he's dumb Yankee. What the hell does yeah. he know? And he's got to take him to the football. West Ham United, they support. West Ham United. They're singing bubbles and bubbles. And they sing that song. I'm yeah, forever song. blowing bubbles. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Pretty bubbles in the air. And they're sort of taking the piss out of Elijah Wood a bit. They're not really like embracing this. So they're making fun of him and, and teasing him. And he actually gets in a, he gets hit, the physic, being a bit physical with him and stuff. And he's cool. just sort of getting pushed around. And But then they're sort of warm to him and they laugh, have a few laughs. And he's sort of going all right. And he goes to the football. And then after the football, one, one of the guys runs over and he's a bit of a winds up the other supporters from, I think it's Chelsea fans. Right. Yeah, winds them up and um then that they watch them as they leave and elijah would say okay see you guys later and they think he's part of their firm and he goes nice and, rob nice the firm and he goes and follows elijah the, the chelsea fans go and follow elijah wood while the other guys clear off and then they start beating him up and they're gonna waste him and then the other guys come running around and they get there's a big hooligan fight between nice. the West Ham and and uh, and Chelsea, and then after the fight, the American guy shows a bit of uh, a bit of nous and he and a bit of, well, a bit of courage. They said his fighting technique's terrible and he's rubbish, oh, okay. but he showed some courage and a bit a bit of grit. So they they like him. A Apparently, bit more. West Ham's West Ham are the inner city firm, and obviously the Chelsea headhunters are the other the Chelsea firm. Yeah. So there's them, and they keep talking about Mill Mill Hill, or something. Millwall, Millwall. They're the main ones. So anyway, he makes friends with the main the bushwhackers of Mill. Okay. With a Millwall firm, I think. Elijah Wood ends up becoming... So the brother is basically the head of the firm. And he becomes good friends with him. 
them. Even though it's a roller coaster of emotions in terms of your, your relationship with these characters, Beef. Because oh. at times, at the start, you just go, oh, this guy's just a, a meathead thug. You don't like him as head of the firm. And then you sort of get to know him a bit better. He's actually not such a bad bloke in a lot of ways. And he's only become on to take lead of the firm because his brother used to be the head before, the brother that married oh, the sister. Right. And he's known as the major. But he retired from all hooliganism oh, long ago. He wants out of it. But he's a legend, actually, behind the scenes. But they, but they don't know he's, this sort of thing. Okay. And so the brother is sort of like he's the he's the guy now, and he's trying to follow in his brother's footsteps as the great leader of the firm. And there's this old story of back in the day when they took on Millwall and this guy Tony Carroll, his twelve year old son. He was training him up to be a fighter. Right. They're just all fighting, yeah, yeah, yeah. fighting around the world. Yeah. His twelve year old son somehow got wrapped up in the brawl. And got killed, kicked in the head oh, wow. by the GSC, the the Green Street Elite, which is the which is the West Ham firm. Okay, and so he's got this thing where he wants to, and he blames the old major, oh, right. and okay. so he's got this festering now. Along with the Pete, so Pete is the head of the firm now. He's the brother. I forgot his name, okay. Pete. Pete's right hand man is Bova. Bova, and Bova's a knobhead. <laughs> he is a proper Did he play meathead. Golf with you on Friday? <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, they're in the same sort of ballpark. I'd suggest. Yep. And Bova doesn't like uh, Elijah Wood at all, and he he just wants him out of there. Doesn't want the outsiders, and he's got a chip in his shoulder because all of a sudden he feels like him. He is the right hand man is being challenged because he's spending more time with Elijah Wood. Right. And so there's this sort of thing going on and eventually it all gets right out of control and they think that Elijah Wood is actually an undercover journalist who's trying to get him because he was studying journalism at Harvard before oh, he got kicked out. Right. And his father is a journalist. His father finds out he got expelled, swings by London going, what the hell happened? <laughs> it goes, he swings by and he says, what the hell's going on? Um, you know, oh, just come, over, come for lunch with me. He goes to lunch with some guy who's a mate of his from the Times. And all of a sudden, lo and behold, one of the guys in the firm sees Elijah Wood walking into the Times. Oh, right. It's like, oh, he's an undercover journalist. And they go and they go into the apartment where he's staying, and because he's staying with the guy from the Pete. And they go through his laptop and stuff, and he's taking a diary, and they see all these notes and everything, and they go, yeah, we're going to get him. And they confront him, and they sort of punching him up and saying, you're lying to us, you're this. And he says, it's all a big mix-up. It's the no, I'm not. This is just a diary. I keep it for myself. It's just nothing to do with rah, rah, rah. And Pete still signs with Elijah and tells his right-hand man, Bova, go, you got it wrong, mate. Yeah. And so he's skitzing. And he goes to the Millwall guys, this Tony Carroll guy, yeah. and tells him, right now, if you want to take them down, they're this all in the, they're they all in the way out. This is where they are. Mm. And the major has come in as well because he's heard about the kerfuffle yeah. and wants to get the American lad out of there. And But while he's there, they all come in. Mental-like, and they're throwing uh, those um, Molotov cocktails and stuff. They jump in through the windows and smash the windows. They don't oh. even go through the door. Nah, it's quicker set, through the window. Set on fire, and it's a one hell of a fight. Um, and this guy, Bova, who thinks he's now on their team, they smash a ball over his head, and he's knocked out on the ground with a bleeding head. It's it's very much lots of violence. Poor old Claire Falani, the uh, sister. Claire Falani? Yeah, yeah, she's the sister. Right. She's just stressed through the whole thing. Of course. Too much. And anyway, in this fight, the major gets a bottle in the neck. Oh, no. And I thought, oh, he's going to die. He doesn't die. Oh, of course he's the they, major, But Rob. then they still have to organise another fight because they've... 
The reason they have the fight is because finally, for the first time in 10 years, they're playing each other in the FA Cup. <laughs> I could see it. Yes, unbelievable. I said, well, of course, that's how they can cross divisions, FA Cup, you yep, see. FA Cup. That's how it works. And so they're all fight, And finally, they go out for a one big massive fight uh, by the O2 Arena. Out there they were for selling a, tickets for the fight and everything. Yeah, and the brothers, he's stable. It's the major. He's stable in hospital. Yeah, and then was it a, Elijah, was it at Chelsea's Woods, ground or West Ham's ground? The FA Cup match didn't get there. Oh, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. It still had to be played. And then, so uh, what happens after that? I don't know. They There's find the, the, oh, the big, the big final fight. Yeah, the final at the O two. And Elijah Woods' sister saying, "You're not going." You're just not going. It's not worth it. And even Pete's going, mate. You, this is you're, you're, this is the end of your time. You've had a good run with us because because by now Elijah Wood, he's loving the fighting. <laughs> he, 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 he a full emotional journey for him because it, it made him feel empowered. Yeah, yeah. Like once he got, he said he says in the in the film once you get used to taking a few blows, you don't mind. You can take a few hits and then you can smash them right back. Yeah. Even harder. And anyway, they go to the final fight, and um, what's her name? Claire Filani turns up when they're all fighting, fighting. This guy, Tony Carroll's just, he smashed them. He, he smashed Pete pretty bad. And then they're about to go in, in the car, but Pete can't go because he's too injured. And Elijah escapes because they're going to go after Claire Filani and beat oh, her up. Right. And then to draw them away from her, that guy Pete yells out uh, bad things about the Tony's son that got killed. Oh, and so no. he just totally goes mental, and he punches him into death in his head. And oh. Pete dies. Oh. Yeah. So then they get away, and Elijah flies back to the America. And then at the end, he goes into the bathroom in the fancy club where the old millionaire son guy is that got him expelled. And uh, he records him confessing in the bathroom while he's doing lines. Right. And uh, that they had this deal. And then he goes, cool, got it. And it's on the tape. And the guy goes, what? You can't do that. And he goes to go and physically grab him. And but Elijah Wood's a good fighter now. Of and course. he just goes, kaboomba. Good luck, mate. <laughs> You're done for. See you later. And he takes the tape to the authorities. Or oh, we don't, don't see that, but that's what's no. going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's back on the level. So uh, ended up all right for him. But unfortunately, his mate died. Oh, that's not good, is it? So that was Green Street Elite. Right. Um, you know what happens because I just told you now. Yeah. Everything. Uh, yeah. It's a three and a half. The official ratings, Rob. The uh, the official tomato people, forty seven percent officially. Yeah, yeah. But audience score, yeah, eighty seven percent. They loved it, Rob. Very high. I would say there's some there's some quite there's a bit of bad acting in there. I reckon. Mm. From um from some of the English actors, yeah. Well, that's nothing new, is it? Uh, um, and um, sort of, yeah, slightly contrived hooliganism right. in terms of yeah, they. Well, it's a film. Lots of lots of sea bombs, and they, and they really like to emphasize the sea bomb, like oh. say it, say it right. Like so we English use that word, they actually say it quite casually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it's not a big deal, and they say it like they're you, trying to be badass with you it. UFNC. <laughs> Um, John Monaghan from the Detroit Free Press. There is a good movie to be made about the violent world of British soccer, or football as it's called on the other side of the pond, but this isn't it. <laughs> very nice, John. Not very good at all. It sort of keeps you engaged. Like it, I, I sort of think he's right. It's You could make one much more dark and, and real. It's got a touch of uh, sort of trying to be a little bit rock and roll about it. At right. times. There's uh, Desson Thompson from the Washington Post. Soccer needed this movie like Georgia needed deliverance. 
I'm not sure what that means exactly. Yeah, I'm not quite sure either. <laughs> I've been to the valley where that was filmed oh, in really? Georgia, and you survived, um, Rob. Um, I'm not sure exactly to say that. I don't think that was a, that think, was a bad tourism ad yeah, for Georgia. Yeah, I don't Georgia. think Georgia needed uh, deliverance, and I don't think football needed Green Street Elite. Right. Kerry Lengel from the Arizona Republican says it's what you thought Fight Club was gonna be before it went in a whole other, far more interesting direction. Mm-hmm. So I don't quite understand what that's all about right. either. It happens very quickly, right. uh, how he gets thrown into with these guys. That's the only thing I didn't quite buy. But the people loved it, Rob. The people loved it. 87%. It's, it's, it's I, I, you watch it, Beef. I'm going to. And not only that, that's based on 100,000 reviews. <laughs> 87%. That's <laughs> very high. As, as an entertaining, easy-to-watch film. Yeah. It, it, and, and it, but it is gripping and time slightly dark. Um, I haven't got the stats. Uh, oh, yes, I have. One hour, 46 minutes. Yeah, not uh, too long. It only took $346,000 in the U.S. At the movies? In the U.S. Not with, and we're not right. talking Britain here. But, I mean, considering Elijah Wood's uh, paycheck would probably be a bit more than that, they lost money, possibly. I think when they would have recouped it eventually. Yeah. 100,000 people have seen it, so they must have mm. uh, must have done something. Well, anyway, you need to know how much it made in Britain. We do. I can't tell you that at the minute. Well, just Google it, Beef. <laughs> Thanks, man. Look at all that stuff, your pile of stuff you got there. It's all just yeah, Google. It is. Go- it is, you, you, it is you all Google. It. I'm not um, actually arguing with that. Thanks, Rob. I'm, I will watch Green Street Hooligans yeah. now. Thanks for that. Hey, did you hear about Kevin? No. He's in Australia too. Spreading himself a bit thin. Yeah, everyone wants a slice of Kevin. Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Leagues, beef up your snack life. This is Daniel Ricardo, and this is 365 Days of Sport. Music can only mean one thing. How many have I won lately? A few. Quite a few. Quite a few. Ties turned. There's a time where I didn't. I did, couldn't win about ten times in a row. Mm. Uh, keep keep a, that going. It's a sports trivia quiz. We ask each other sports trivia questions of varying degrees of difficulty. Best of five penalty shootout style. Yep. I'm going to kick things off as normal. This should be very easy for you, Rob. Come on, Rob. Who is the world's number one male golfer? Oh. Seen as you're an avid golfer. Yeah, but it's changing fairly regularly at the moment. I'm between two. I'm between Dustin Johnson and John Rahm. Last I saw, it was John Rahm, so I'm sticking with him. If Colin Marikawa had putted a five-footer on the weekend, it would have been him. Ah. So it's John Rahm, you're right. Oh, good. Well done. Crikey! My favourite golfer is Dustin Johnson. Why isn't it Bob Charles? What? Michael what? Lee. Because he's 80. <laughs> is he still alive? So Bob? Bob Charles? Yeah, yeah, yeah he is. Yeah, Good yeah. on, Bob. Hope you're doing well, buddy. Boca Juniors are from which South American country? Argentina? Correct. Diego Maradona, Rob. I don't know. Come on. Oh, so I'll give you something you get right and you get annoyed. <laughs> I'm annoyed. Don't worry, I'll, I'll get you another one. I know, I'm sure you yeah. will. I'm sure you will. Alrighty. Aintree hosts the Grand National Horse Race in the UK, but what international sport did the venue host between 1955 and... And 1962. Um, polo. Formula One, Rob. It was the uh, Formula One. They put a Formula One course yeah, in that there. Yeah, that was big enough. Makes Just, sense, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's big enough for it. All right. Name the five English teams, we're football here, yep. that have won back-to-back titles in the post-war era. And that's including old Div 1 and EPL. So Man United is one. Yep. Liverpool be another. Yep. Chelsea. Yep. 
Man City. No, didn't go back to back. Unless it, well, this quiz is old and it was very recent. Uh, they definitely have won okay. recently. Uh, Just have to check that one. Yeah. And it's after the war, so that could be bloody all sorts, couldn't it? One of them I hadn't really heard of or not, didn't have any idea really was a football I'm gonna team. I'm going to say Arsenal. No. They didn't go back to back either. Okay, no. one of them, so. <laughs> Preston North End. No. No. Bolton Wanderers. No. Derby County. No. No, they didn't win it either. Knott's Forest. That's Bruce's team, Derby County. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Not Knott's Forest. No. Um, probably staring me in the face. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Obviously, I'm out anyway. Wolves. Wolves went back to back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, would never have yeah. ever thought I can't that. remember the other years. I think it yeah. might have been 68, 69 okay, right, or yeah, something. Yeah. And the other one? Uh, Portsmouth. 49, really? 49.50. Okay. 49.50. 49.50. Wow, that's a great time for Portsmouth. Uh, so, play up, to, if you got four, I was going to give you a half. If you got five, I was going to nah, give you the full. Okay, yeah. right. All right, then. Which famous sports star said, I don't count my sit-ups. I only start counting once it starts hurting because they're the only ones that count. I don't start counting until it starts hurting. Who was that? that I heard that very recently. Yeah. Yeah. I think I might be I think Muhammad Ali. Yes, Rob. Yes. Well done. Yes. That's Got a it. good get. All right. Which ex-Premier League club once suffered, or still does, uh, from the Gypsy Curse? Which ex-Premier League? Uh, well, the, uh, yeah. Okay. The Gypsy Curse. I don't think I've heard of the Gypsy Curse. I'll be honest with you. I'm sure they're not EPL. No, nah, they're not. Oh. Yeah. It could be our old friends, the Biscuit Men. <laughs> oh, gone to Reading again. The Gypsy Curse. I don't know about the Gypsy Curse. Middlesbrough. Derby County. Really? Yeah, yeah. Derby mentioned, County, the Gypsy mentioned Curse. Into the, so I'm not sure if this is a, a typo or not. It says the baseball ground. Yeah, that's what they used to play. Yeah. Okay, well, the baseball ground was built on a Gypsy camping ground. Right. Yeah. Okay. So there we go. That's a long time ago. Rugby League for you. In the 1995 and 2000 Rugby League World Cups, the four semi-finalists were the same. Who were the semi-finalists in those World Cups? Australia, New Zealand, yep. Great Britain. Assuming they played as Great Britain, or they play as England. He's, he's saying nothing. He's, he's not, anything, he can't right? say anything. It's a tri- sports trivia quiz. Recently, they've broken them up, but I'm sure in the earlier ones, they still played as Great Britain. Hang on, I'm going to confirm on that one. I'm going to say the other team's France. Or was it Papua New Guinea? Was it England? 95, 2000, they would have broken up by then. Australia, New Zealand, England, France. So close. What? I picked those two World Cups for a reason, Rob. It was, Guinea got it was Wales. <laughs> Australia, New Zealand, England and Wales. Oh, the Frenchies didn't half, do it. Half a point, I'll give you for that. Oh, give, you a, give you a half. So they, they did obviously break up. So Because uh, when the players Great Britain... I don't know. You don't know. They definitely did in around about 1990. They came and played, played in New Zealand. Yeah, because Wales only it's, got... It's famous Wales were only it. good after all the rugby union players went. Right. So that was the late 80s. Okay. So we obviously said, no, nah, we're playing. We're having our own team. <laughs> as we should in all sports. <laughs> What's the score? Uh, two and a half to one. Which popular sport was first patented in 1874 under the name Spherostike by Major Walter Clopton Wingfield. How do you spell this Spherostike? Uh, S-P-H-A-I-R-I-S-T-I-K-E. Spherostike. Major Walter Clopton Wingfield. That's stickball. It's baseball. 
lawn tennis. Oh, really? Yeah. And I, I checked it four times because yeah, I yeah. thought it didn't sound right. Yeah, well, I'm thinking... It also sounds like an American name, Major yeah, Walter. Yeah. T- yeah, so that's why say, I thought oh, it would no. be an American... Uh, it could be a British military guy, Major. Yeah. Yes, Major, like Blackadder, Stephen yeah. Fry. Yeah, well, it's fair as, So I'm thinking ball, sticker being stick, yeah. stick ball, baseball. <laughs> My reasoning was right, but I forgot that tennis is also you hit the ball with a big stick. I thought tennis would be older than 1874. I think he's tried to pull a fast one. <laughs> he's just got a, a tennis bit has around. been around since the 1500s. Has it? Yeah. It said lawn tennis. Uh, it didn't yeah, say tennis. Yeah, because they played real tennis that we saw at Queen's right, Club, okay. Hampton Court Palace, and all okay, that. But okay. that does seem quite. 1850s was about. But 1874. Somebody was obviously idea. was trying to cash in. I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Ma- the yeah. major. Perhaps he didn't have the same rules. Perhaps he tried to formalise the game. Mm. Perhaps he wasn't. But anyway, doesn't matter. All righty. Uh, the follow-up for you, the last question, 365 days of sport question, Rob. Mm-hmm. What sport did we see at Plant City? Plant City. Was the name of the town that we went to? I can tell you it was in America. Plant City, we saw a sport. We never went to Plant City. <laughs> did we? Is it an actual city? Well, it must be a city, Rob. It's called Plant City. Plant it wasn't City. A, it wasn't like Bunnings out the back with the plants. Plant it wasn't a greenhouse. City. Plant City. What the hell would that be? If I had all the time in the world, I probably would be able to figure it out. Plant City. Was that the name of the pub we went to? <laughs> it was. It's the name of the town. So it's not a pub or a shop. It wasn't that place we went north of Los Angeles. We saw that boring-ass round-and-round thing. No, that was started with B. I can tell you for free that was Bakersfield. Bakersfield, yeah. That, that's mentioned all the time in uh, Jacques Kerouac's uh, On the Road. They <laughs> often go through Bakersfield. <laughs> on the, <laughs> and they don't stop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Plant City was in uh, San Antonio. What sport? Is that the sport, San Antonio? Oh, um, sorry. It was tree climbing. No, it wasn't. If I said it was a big, massive strawberry overlooking the sta- the, the grounds... Temper? Close to temper. Where, where, is that the football game we went to? No, flag football. We saw the flag. US National Flag Football Championships at Plant City. Oh, that's, oh, that's right. No, that was very forgettable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was very forgettable. You're right. <laughs> that was... <laughs> No wonder I've got that. No way I would have got that. You oh, should remember God. the 50-foot strawberry, though. I don't remember the 50-foot strawberry, It was no. overlooking. There was a, the side of the, the, the pitches. Mm. They had a massive strawberry. Like saying, a, a blow-up one? No, it was a An actual permanent strawberry. Welcome to Plant City. Can't remember it. Obviously. Can't remember it. It was that memorable. <laughs> Which football club plays at Riverside Stadium? I think I might ask this before. Riverside Stadium is yeah. Middlesbrough. Yeah, correct. They used to play at Ayrson Park. They don't anymore. Two and a half to two. A lot of football ones in there, Rob. Yeah, there was three ones in there, but yeah, yeah. it's all right, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, continuing the football theme, just as that. Well done, Rob, by the way. You've won again. Thanks. I'm going to ask you a lot harder questions from now yeah. on. No, I'm not. Everton fan who spent over £1,000 to go and watch the Liverpool derby game reveals he left after just 18 minutes. Oh. Everton were hammered by their city rivals Liverpool 4-1 after goals from Jordan Henderson, Diogo Jota and a brace from Mohamed Salah. So Jurgen Klopp's men cruised to victory. For those that stayed and watched, they let the team know their thoughts on the game with jeers and boos directed loudly towards those on the pitch and the staff in the stands. However, some had seen enough way before that and by the time Salah's first goal found the net to make it 2-0, that was enough for them. Everton fan Connor was no different and despite travelling all the way from Belfast, he decided that was all he could take as he left the ground but he left his two children 
in the ground to witness the hammering. Okay. Teaching them and giving them character. <laughs> yeah, them you character. stay and watch. You watch yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. Because if you're Everton fans now, you're going to be watching this for <laughs> the rest of your lives <laughs> and you're going to be suffering. It cost me a thousand pounds to come to one match and we had to watch that rubbish. I'm watching people on hundred thousand pounds a week. Hoof the ball up the pitch. It's disgraceful. I can coach 12-year-olds to play better than that. I left my 12-year-olds and 17-year-olds lads in the sands to suffer. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, well done, the uh, Everton fans, leaving, leaving after 18 minutes. <laughs> and he took it out on his kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, uh, hilarious. Mm. Well, it's a 17 year old that's old enough to look after the Yeah, oh, well, yeah, they would have loved like, it. In, yeah. uh, I was at home. They probably got a free beer or something. Well, there's, you, no, oh, there's none in the grounds, is there? There is in the grounds, but you're not allowed. If you can see the pitch, you can't drink. That's the rules. Okay. In the top five divisions now, apparently. Wow. So they build the, they build the bars under the stand. So mm-hmm. you can't see the pitch. Okay. And if you're in a corporate box and they're serving alcohol, they close the curtains. Wow, Jesus, that's so, amazing! It is amazing that those rules still exist. Yeah, crazy. Uh, not like lords. Not like lords. Lords is great. Uh, we'll quickly do this because I've had this on the books for a while. Paris Saint Germain's women's player—that's the French team in Paris. Yeah, yeah, that's the rugby team. Uh, no soccer. Oh, soccer. Oh, that's uh, who played not, for them. I did uh, I... name um, Leo Messi's just gone to them this year. Yeah, and Neymar he used to play for him. We might even still do. PSG women's player Amanita Diallo arrested after hiring hitmen to injure teammates. Amanita... Just to injure them. Well, it says that Amanita Diallo was this arrested. Is like that ice skating, exactly like Tonya Harding. Tonya Harding. Diallo was arrested on Wednesday after she allegedly hired masked individuals to raid her car and purposely injure her teammates last Thursday night. Kyra Hamroy was one of the victims. The hitman apparently took a metal bar to her legs, just like Tonya Harding. Mm. Aside from being teammates on the PSG women's team, Diallo and Hamroy play together on the French national team as well. It appears Diallo purposely did this because they're both midfielders and compete for the same position. This is a history repeating. The, the, unbelievable, the, the, Well, the thing is that's unbelie- most unbelievable part about it is this is something that completely failed, mm. that was a disastrous plan. There were morons in charge of it. <laughs> yes. And was was foiled very easily. <laughs> yes. And you've decided to try and do the exact yeah. same thing. Hamroy had to get stitches on her hands and legs after the attack. No other names were released as to who was in the car at the time. Hamroy had just rejoined PSG from Barcelona, but previously played for the club from 2012-2016. Diallo, meanwhile, just started for the French Giants on Tuesday in a 4-0 victory over Real Madrid in the Champions League. Needless to say, things took a quick turn for her. It seems now likely that Diallo will be let go by PSG possibly even criminal charges and jail um, i would imagine so mirror is it so clear i almost wonder if they watched i Tonya yes and somehow got the oh, this, got, got a looks... confusion in the uh in the subtitle translation yeah there was a incorrect uh, delivery of of information and they thought that perhaps it worked out great Perhaps it did. Um, very, very poor decision to go through with the, with that one. Uh, was it balaclava and everything? Uh, well, it says masked, masked assailants. Mm-hmm. So yes, indeed, they've uh, they've gone that far. Crazy. It's COVID times. Everyone's masked. Yeah, 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 that's true. The Ashes starts in about. Well, it's on Thursday, isn't it? No, tomorrow starts tomorrow. Oh, does it? Yeah. Oh yes. Yep. Awesome. Um, eleven. I think it's. 
11 th- it stopped raining there is forecast for rain but i think we'll get a good first session in at least before mm. the rains come okay so in terms of where we're at in that regard so in about 11 10 hours time mm. we should see anderson's out he bowled yesterday he might have even been today they bowled him for 45 minutes straight flat out in the nets pulled up with a sore calf so he's not playing oh no <laughs> I think they're saving him really for Adelaide, where it's a pink ball and a swinger. Okay. Mm. So we are looking forward to that. Just as an aside, just if you are listening. So then the bowlers, is Joffrey Archer here? No, he's out, injured. So they're going to play Mark Wood, who's quite quick. He may do some damage. Stuart Broad, possibly. Um, Seven left-handers or something in Australia. Oh, is there? Yeah. Uh, Probably. Ollie Robinson, who's the young lad that just got into the test side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They will now play Chris Wokes as an all-rounder, and... They will obviously have Ben Stokes to suit. So five seamers yep. and Joe Root to front up the spinner. They are talking about um, Stuart Broad or Jack Leach as the one alternative. But you've got to play Broad in the first test because he's kind of got the wood over Warner. So you've really yeah. got to have it. And I'm sure because Travis Head's left-hander, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. So they've just got crazy amount. Of, they've got seven left-handers in their team. Because the, Kerry's left-hander too. Yeah, okay. I don't know Marcus Harris. Is he a left-hander? Warner's obviously left-handed. I'm not sure about yeah, Marcus they, Harris. Yeah, they both are. Yeah. Right. Okay. So there's quite a few left-handers here. Yeah. yeah. Um, and at one point, if Kwaja got in, there's going to be another one. Another one, yeah. yeah. Although they, he would have been alternative with. Yeah, they could have been like, well, Mitchell Stark's left handed too. True. But true. that means almost the whole top order's left handed, apart from Steve Smith. Labashane's right handed. Labashane. Yeah. So I'm on uh, Gorilla Radio, Rob. I'm Lights doing, out. Doing commentary for those guys in the UK, so that should be fun. Tune in and listen to the Beef Man on Tune Gorilla in. Radio. Gorilla Radio. as uh, Not in Ape Gorilla, as in Gorilla Warfare. Yeah, like as in Rage Against the Machine song. If you like. Yeah. If you like, yes. So in terms of that, I'll just put this underneath. Because we're in December. Are doing the big sing-along? No, we save it another week. Just Just a little teaser. Teaser. It's just a bit of festivities. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we've got to thank Jack Link's Beef and Ham Jerky. It's the best beef jerky on the planet. If you are watching a cricket, you better go and get some beef jerky right now to keep you company throughout the day. Just chew on it. It's tasty. It's meaty. It is meaty. It's 100% salty. New Zealand beef, people. It can Grass-fed be... New Zealand beef. You can even have chilli if you want a bit you of spice. Can. Yeah, yeah. I like the teriyaki. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Ah, oh, it's one of my favourites, this. Wish you a Merry I can't tell Christmas. that it, you like it so much. I really can't. Wish you a Merry Christmas. Cristiano Ronaldo in the spa. I bet why it goes under. Of my heart. Kareem Benzema You might be going to jail, baby Kareem Benzema Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. So we've got to thank Jack Link's Beef Jerky. Please, go and get your Jack Link's Beef Jerky. It is awesome. Apart from that, this has been episode 227, Rob. Mm-hmm. Of the greatest sports radio show on the planet, 365 Days of Sport. See you next week.